Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. All right, here we go. Welcome to episode 25. We are live with my buddy Jason Patton, creator from Fire Department Chronicles. And don't get me, don't hit me if I'm wrong, vice president. Yes. A fire department coffee. How are you, buddy? Yes, sir. I'm good, brother. How are you, man? How's, uh, how's life? I'm good. I'm sweating in my attic. I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't have a fancy studio, so my ceiling fan is above head. And <laughs> pre-show recording, I was listening. It was going, zzz, zzz. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to turn this off. So I turn it off. <laughs> the air condition, the trunk lines aren't run all the way over to this side. So it take, by the time the air gets here, it's hot. And so it's just, if you see me pouring oh. sweat, I'm not nervous, bro. I've talked to many people. <laughs> I'm dying over here. You look comfortable in your studio, though, man. I love it. Yeah, I'm in the basement, so I, I went on the cool side, man. That works out. <laughs> You're in a basement in Florida? No, I'm actually – so I'm in a, a, a townhouse that has three stories, but the um, the first floor is uh, like the garage and then my little studio area. And then, then there's the uh, our living room, and then the bedrooms on the top. So it's nice. I was about to say, man, you're old school. Stand up, let me see those three quarter boots. If you're in a basement in Florida, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. I I actually owned one townhouse that has a basement, but it's built on a ridge, so it doesn't really count as a basement. It's uh, you know, just it's a it's a faux basement. What it really is, man. When I was growing up, I grew up in the country in South Carolina, and uh, there was an old man named Steve Huggins, and he had a basement, and we used to go swimming in his basement. You don't wow, need basements in South Carolina. Water table is like three inches below the sand. Yeah, it's basically just flooded all the time. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> Not at, at all, all, man. <laughs> hey, brother, I want to dive right into it, man. I just want to ask some questions. Yeah. And you may have answered these on other podcasts and all that. But my people, man, I've had so many people reaching out to me saying, can you get Jason Patton on? Can you get Jason Patton on? <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't think they, th- they thought I was cool, man. And then by now it's like, hey, look who's coming on. So I'm going to ask all the good questions, brother. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, man. Hey, so real quick. So are you from Florida naturally? I mean, originally? Yes. So I was actually born and raised in Florida. Uh, My fiance and I are one of like, I think we're one of two. Uh, You know, like there's no one, uh, no one around here is from Florida. We were called, uh, at least I call us heaven's waiting room. Everyone comes down from like Jersey, New York, stuff like that. And they just come down here. Um, but yeah, man, born and raised, dude. Uh, it's uh, all three of my brothers and I, yeah. Yeah. Where, where in Florida are you from? Uh, West Palm Beach to South Florida. I was, nice. I was born in, I was born in like the uh, Pembroke Pines area, came up to Lake Worth when I was 
probably like 12 and then um pretty much raised there now i live in jupiter so Not lake worth man i know a little bit about lake worth i had a buddy on the fire department from lake worth he said he said it can get pretty gnarly over there dude lake worth um depending on where you are in lake worth it's kind of like the department i work for um you know that one of their stations there in lake worth itself they they want to say they ran they had to end up having to get an Alpha and Bravo uh, ambulance or rescue out of there because they were running like an average of like 28 calls or 30 calls a shift. Like, just, yeah, just getting pounded so bad. Are they 24, 48 hours? Yeah. Yeah. And so those guys probably have off duty jobs too, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you yeah. do that, man? You don't. You just suffer for. So. <laughs> This isn't about me, but I'm going to talk about you. But I was in a, I, the job I was on. I was in Charleston, South Carolina as a firefighter. Okay. And we yeah. were 24, 48. And back then, it's changed a lot since I was on the job. But back then, we didn't really run medical calls. We ran um, mm-hmm. just, a, just like serious shooting, stabbings, and entrapments. So yeah. we slept most of the time if we, we didn't have fire. So we got to get up nice and fresh every morning, go, go to our <laughs> part-time job. And now those dudes are running their ass off, like you said. Uh-huh. They're having to crawl into work half asleep. It's just dangerous. Are they doing man. all their... Are they doing, so they're doing medical now? Dude. Yeah. It's a beast mm. things, you name it. Cause they're, they're running. Yeah. I want to say they're running some ALS companies now. Uh, um, I don't know. You know, you, you always get critics. Somebody will see this and I'm like, Nope, Nope, not yet. Only one engine company. Like whatever, like get out of here with the fucking stats. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going, going, um, you know, there's a lot of people that push back on the fire EMS being combined. Um, I, I personally, I think it has its ups and downs, obviously, you know, like in Florida, probably the same as what you're describing. Um, you know, we do everything like, you know, people talk about truck companies and engine companies and ladder companies and stuff like that. Like we don't, we don't have that here. You, you do everything and you have to be ready to do everything at any point in time. And, uh, when I was, when I first started, we were so understaffed at the time, um, and just had some like antiquated thought processes when it comes to calls, you would literally finish a fire, come out of the fire, be sitting there for, you know, a couple minutes, uh, 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 you know, an EMS call would drop in the city. They'd be like, got to go run that dude. So you'd show up just reeking of smoke, man. You just li- like in your bunker gear it was really bad, dude. So, um, you know, there, there, there are ups and downs to it, but I think it's not a bad thing to have EMS integrated because a lot of times you can, you can justify funding of good EMS companies when you do it that way. Cause we all know when you privatize stuff, man, it, it like, it becomes a, ma- a massive issue. So, dude, I'm listening to everything you said, and this is, I think, why you have such a, a, a wonderful following. You were so fun to watch. I was just <laughs> watching you, and I was hearing what you were saying, dude. But it was just fun watching you. Like, if I were a deaf person, I would have been like, "Yeah, this guy's knocking it out in the park. He's having fun with this. He's selling it." That is great. Yeah, You're I definitely, dude, I man. definitely don't, I definitely don't lack in the animation department. So. <laughs> Yeah, I got some questions about that later, but you, you're fun to watch. I'm the complete opposite. I'm just like, yeah, this fuck it. <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, uh, man. I love, and watching you on stage in a, in a month is going to be fun. Then it's going to be good. So. Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a blast at FDSC. I'll pull you behind the black curtain if you want to come out and do some time. Put you up for five yeah. minutes. I actually thought I just thought about introducing you, just walking out and introducing you. And, uh, yeah, you have to fight. The, Chief, the, you have yeah. to fight Chief Lasky for that. Oh, really? <laughs> He's a host every year, man. He doesn't let anybody get in that shit. No, man. Smart, smart man. <laughs> Jason, how long have you been on the job, man? I know like 14, 15 years, somewhere in there. 13 years. I've been uh, at my, my current job. Uh, I've been in the field for 15 now. 
um, jumped in after being a mechanic. I, uh, I did that just cause by literally the day I turned 18 years old, I became a mechanic. My father Let me was see those mechanic, hands. So you got, yeah, yeah. You oh, no, no, I got the calluses. Yeah. I yeah. Got the calluses. Oh, you can, yeah. You can still grab a wrench if you need. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I jumped into it, man. It was, it was, it was a good experience. I, w- I quickly found out that I was not a mechanic. I am like <laughs> atrocious at being a mechanic. It's so bad. Uh, cause I like to be like an incredible mechanic. You have to have a patience level that is well beyond what I have. Uh, I like fast. Let's go. Let's go. That's kind of what firefighting and EMS is in general. But um, yeah, dude, it was, uh, I got introduced to being a, a EMT school at 21, I believe, or 22. Went and checked it out, fell in love with it, man. Loved it. And then uh, went to EMT paramedic and then actually went to fire school and fire. Fire was just something like, like speaks to your soul, dude. Like you just yeah. something about the smells and everything. And like, uh, I'm not a huge fan of paramilitary stuff, but um, I think it's awesome. The fire service, cause it was just so cool to see the difference. You know what I mean? I could see you being a mechanic and somebody bringing their car just broke down and you're just laughing, making a big joke out of it. And here's your bill. $5,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude. I, I, I would, you know, and I was the worst kind of mechanic because I hated engineers. Like I watch TikToks now and people are like, you epic engineer. And I'm like, I get it, bro. I get it, dude. I, at one point in time I was, you know, cause we had to change oils as well. I'm trying to change this oil filter. And I don't know who the hell designed this car. It was, I forget what it was a Chevy something, man, but I was so mad because they put the oil filter. Yeah, it was exactly. It was, it was above the exhaust manifold or next to the exhaust manifold and just above the CV axle. So it's in between the two hottest things. Hottest thing the freaking plate. Yeah. And everyone goes for their Sunday drive right before they come here. So I'm like trying to get this off and I can't, I'm burning my hands, burning my hands. And I was like, fuck. And through my oil wrench. And about 10 minutes later, I feel this like I'm going to type something on the computer and I feel this like thin mist of water. I'm like, what's that? When I threw that, I busted the main water pipe for that building. And uh, needless to say, my general manager was not very happy. With you had a romantic <laughs> mist for your report there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Romantic write up is what that was. My <laughs> uncle, man. So my family's mechanics, and I get it, man. I hate turning wrenches. I can do anything, man. But like when it comes to like manual labor, physical stuff, building, I grew up doing that stuff. But mechanics, yeah. you can have it, dude. Cause same thing, man. You'll get your hand stuck in somewhere, dude, and it's just uh, burning hot. I have yeah. a track. I, I want a farm. So I like, I'm, I'm on my tractor a lot. And sometimes you got to do the basic repairs and then it just fucking drives me nuts when I have to do anything. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I just go buy a new one, bro. I tell you. <laughs> and, and like, I like, I won't change my own oil now. People are like, why? I'm like, cause it saves me $8. Like no, I'll pay someone $8. To do that you know, that's it. My dad tells me that all the time. He's like, boy, you know how to change oil. Good chance to dad. It saves me literally. A, a yeah, f- subway foot long sandwich. I'd rather yeah. just not do, deal with it. And the, no, 100%. the cookies. 100%. So, where you are now, I know a lot of Florida, you guys run a lot of ALS and stuff. Is it mandatory to be a medic in your department or was that voluntarily for you? No, when I, when I got hired, so as I was going through schooling, they kind of talked about it. They were like, you know, you, you need to get your medic if you're going to try to apply. And then as you know, I got hired in 2008. It was literally in the middle of the hiring freeze. So I got really lucky. Um, but you had a few departments that were still hiring EMTs, but it started to become like, if you get hired as EMT, you had to have your medic within three years and be signed off, that kind of thing. Now it's just like, you either have your medic or you're not getting hired. So wow. 
Like, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's Florida. Like, that's what you're going to get. But I go to other states where they're like, we don't want any medical calls. And I'm like, that's awesome. What are you getting paid? And they're like, yeah. About that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I tell you, it's, it's such a double-edged sword for me because I love the medical side for the real calls, like the calls you show up and you're like, we got to fix this, man. You know, we're throwing like chest seals on them and, or, you know, working cardiac arrest and getting them back. I'm like this, like, this is what I got in this for, you know? And then, yeah, the shit. Yeah. I love it, man. And the same thing for fires. Like I love a good fire. You know, I don't want to see people's stuff get destroyed, but you know, a good abandoned warehouse fire. Love them. Uh, But if somebody's shit's going to get destroyed, you want to be the guy to help them. I get it. We all are. Yeah. I'm like, I, I wish I, B shift were here to cover this shit. This is <laughs> maybe for the yeah. rolling up the hose or something, but nah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, we've had some incredible saves. We, you know, we, we've had people getting pulled out of buildings. Maybe we had awesome stops. Like that's the stuff you sign up for. Um, so I, I like both sides of the game and I think it's awesome. You know, I wouldn't want to do just one. I mean, I, I love being able to do both. It's fun for me. That's good to know that the uh, the hiring requirements are so tough in Florida. Let me show you what it's like in South Carolina. If you come to get a job, they go like they just put two fingers right here. <laughs> if they feel your skin pushing against your fingers, you good? Job. <laughs> you know, I can tell you horror stories about when I got hired. I mean, I walked on. There was literally it, that's how it was. A chief shuts the door, and he's like. What, uh, what certifications do you have? And I hand over, I'm all proud. I hand over a stack from the South Carolina Fire Academy because I initially came from a smaller department. And uh, when I came to the city of Charleston, he pulled out like my hazmat ops, my uh, firefighter one, my firefighter two, and basic first responder. And he took the other stuff literally and set it off to the side. He's like, you don't even need that other shit here. Jeez. I was like, damn, he called it shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was, dude. Bro. That was your interview, and, I, and it's like, all right, you're hired. So funny, man. You know, and, and the, but you know what's like, that's, we call it old school, bro, but that's the way most firefighting stuff is. I mean, most departments that I go to, most places that I go speak at are volunteer departments, man. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just a, you know, a bunch of volleys that come together or, you know, that's career, obviously, but um, yeah, we love people that show up with, with certifications and stuff and it's good, but for the most part, yeah, it, it takes a while. You, you need to be able to either promote within the department for that stuff to matter. Um, so on and so forth. So that that's, that's hysterical. I think that's above some places that I've been. That to interview process alone made me want to just take any um, accolade I've ever received and just wipe my ass with it. Just like <laughs> nobody so wants bad. to see this, see this, this poster behind me. I'm just tear that now. Nobody cares about that. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but which is sad, man, because it's like you would think, mm-hmm. um, I mean, and, and again, if you go to a high, a high career department or something like that, you go to like, uh, you know, especially pop, where they have all those things, hazmat techs oh, yeah. and stuff like that. You, that's you want that. And you want guys walking in that are driven and ready to go. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, man. It's well, it shows you the gamut. Charleston actually has a written test now. Do they? Yes. And I actually, Amazing. before I left in 2010, I actually sat on the hiring committee when they really started hiring the correct way when uh, nice. the good old boy system got out of there and they started yep. hiring. I was actually on the hiring board and we had people coming in, but all you had to do is look at your, we, I shouldn't say this, but we knew who we were going to hire. You just look down at your phone and <laughs> Joe John or whoever the hell would text you and be like, Hey, my cousin's coming through your group. Make sure oh, he wow. got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so everybody that flew down here from Michigan and Passed the oh, test geez. and did the did the physical and they 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 fucking bought hotels. They come down for the interview and we're sitting here like, 
<sighs> you wasted your time. Oh, good man. old boy, but it's not like that. Like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think the good old boy system could work to a point. You know, someone who's like someone who has been raised by their dad or their uncle or whatever, and they they have done nothing but eat, sleep, and crap firefighting. They know everything about it. You know, Family that makes line sense. of duty, death, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like that makes sense, right? Yeah. Like there's a drive to it, but not that thing where like, you know, they talk about that where the rookies there and they're like, my dad's the chief. I don't got to do shit. Like, okay. like <laughs> Dude, we but, had some guys getting off the penitentiary bus, like getting out on parole. And it's like, hey, my cousin texts you. I'm like, yeah, we got it. You good. Jeez, <laughs> no way. No, I'm kidding. No, my, <laughs> no, my department's done an incredible job as well. It, it, uh, the hiring process was good when I got hired, but um lately it's just off the chain man i love it dude they're like very stringent they're you when you sign that piece of paper you give them all your facebook stuff all your social media they go through it like i, I love it dude which obviously that's uh, that's great a bit of a uh, yeah i could so, imagine yeah. you coming onto a job somewhere else and somebody not oh, know you i don't know how anybody wouldn't know you but they would be like <laughs> man y'all seen this guy on social media <laughs> i uh, i say i want to i want to interview somewhere one time but like just just when i, just when I retire i just want to go just to see if whatever walk in there they'll be like ah! No, so dude, you seem pretty fired up, man. And especially like, so I was listening to what you were saying about, you love the fire part. You love the paramedic part, but let me, let me throw you a curveball. If you had your choice, you're going to the house today. Would you prefer being on the nozzle, being a roof guy on a, on a, on a really good working fire or that, that medical call that you just live to be on? If you could only choose one. Yeah, nozzle man all day. All, all day? day? Yeah, still. Yeah, all right. All so day. it's in your yeah, blood. Yeah. Good, good. Dude, yeah, yeah. Paramedic. I was about to hit in recording. <laughs> I got the wrong guy. <laughs> we got disconnected. Uh... Yeah. So I don't know what happened, man. Fuck South Carolina. My damn um, signal here. I was a ladder guy, man. So I like ladder. So we always, you know, bust balls. I was on nozzle for a little while, but we always bust balls about what's better. I t- actually tell some jokes at FDIC about that. That's fun. You know, we actually, as, as jacked as it is, it's, 90% of the departments in South Florida, they don't do uh, ladder operate or uh, roof operations. Really? They don't do anything like that. Yeah. Um, just, there's just no point of it down here. Um, I've never seen it. I know there are some departments that do it. So people that are listening to South Florida, they be like, where you doing it? Like, all right. I know some departments do Somebody's it. Somebody's going to blow you uh, up, man. Oh, hey, hell yeah. Don't discount yeah. us. <laughs> we still do it. Like, all right, whatever. Uh, but, you know, and, and I think roof operations can definitely have, have, um, some incredible benefits to it. Uh, but uh, it just like, there's a very thin line between cowboy style, stupid shit and good roof operations. And it's just, you just, you, I just see this stuff all the time where like literally half the roof is gone and they're up there no. cutting the roof. I'm like, why, why? I believe that is called self venting. So, yeah. like, what I, believe, are you doing? I believe you're about to be in an oven, mister. <laughs> yeah. I remember sometimes being up on those roofs, man. And, and when I got my first taste of it, you know, cause I thought the nozzle is where it's at, but when you get on roof and that fire comes through and blows past your face and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy dangerous, dude. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. But look, man, like I said, when I initially spoke to you um, about doing this podcast, you know, we, we obviously we knew we were going to have some fun, but we we're going to have to have some serious conversation, too. And that serious yeah. conversation, we're both mental health advocates. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's really huge in today's fire service. And when we were talking the other day, I know, you know, this, but a lot of people don't know this for almost a decade now. Suicides have surpassed um, line of duty deaths. And that's only mm-hmm. really because we've recently started paying attention to it. So yeah. you got to think even decades before us, it was still like that. Now in the military, 
you know, they, they had the big spotlight on the military. Um, but I think, and I talk about this in my podcast all the time. I think it's, it's worse than the emergency services just because we, our combat zone is where we live. It's where we operate. Mm. It's where we raise our families. When the military, like I I never say like, I'm, I'm not trying to take anything from them, but when they mm. go to the hot zones overseas, they come home and they have to deal with their triggers, but they're at least out of the hot zone and they can deal with those, not taking anything yeah. from them. We don't get to leave these hot zones. We're constantly stuck in it. And we have to raise our families and thrive in that environment, man. And like you said, yeah. this tough guy shit, because I know I was raised in the old school, real old school, and this isn't story time with Travis right now, but you weren't really allowed to show emotion and you weren't allowed to talk about your feelings after calls. And that's what I know I do when I tour speaking. And I know that's what you do now on the show, everybody. It's mm. okay. I get up there and I open up about all kinds of stuff. And I tell them, I was like, you know what happened? Nothing. Mm. Nothing happened. I actually feel better. And if you think I'm a pussy for it, then whatever, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. gave the Spartan reference the other day, and I wrote that down if you want to kind of expand on that. Yeah. No, I, you know, when I do my my speech, How to Hug 101 is the name of it. I, you know, we just, just bring it down to a real basic uh, way of thinking when it comes to expressing your emotions, so on and so forth. Like you said, people think like they are like firmly grasped on the thought process that if you, express your emotions you immediately are less of a man or less of a human or whatever which which is crazy because that's not the way anybody has worked um but you know i, I say like whenever whenever i say to people like you know like what, what are you comparing yourself to like what were you like the spartans like the spartans didn't do that man they like they they just fought fucked and, and fell asleep and that was it just yeah just yeah just fuck fuck fell asleep that was it i'm like okay like that's that's a little crazy but there's no crying yeah there's no crying you're crying and fucking <laughs> if you're crying and fucking that's a problem um but you know but it, <laughs> um no but, the, but the, that's not true right like you look at any like civilization prior to us they had mental health stuff they just didn't call it the same thing, right? Like um, um, Indians, they would, after war, or after like uh, traumatic times, you know, stuff like that, they would come back and they would put them in a sauna and they would have them talk to the shamans or whoever they were speaking to. And they would talk about the things that they saw in war or whatever that traumatic moment was. And uh, in this sauna, their emotions and their demons and their bad thought processes were said to uh, evaporate off of the steaming rocks. Like, like they would talk about these things. They just did it differently. Right. You had to add steam because that made it more manly. Right. That, I think that's the way that muscle. Well, I'm, so, I'm in a sauna right now. That's fucking <laughs> see, like we talked about. That's <laughs> Chief Jason here talking it out of me. <laughs> yeah. oh, but you're, you're right. Go, keep going, man. I'm sorry. I had to throw that. No, 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 no. But that's, that's just, you know, you, uh, the Greeks talk about vessel virgins and stuff. And, you know, and then and they even like if you if you research some of this stuff, they talk about how these, um, you know, the the elders and stuff, when they would come back, they would talk to these guys and they would be like, you need to you need to find peace or or talk about what happened in war before you can actually integrate yourself back into society, because I think that's what happens with um and I agree with you about uh, first responders constantly being because, you know, we joke, we drive down the street. We're like, yeah, Mike over there. Uh, yeah, we just saw a guy with his head missing right there. You know, like so you're constantly relieving these things. Everywhere. But I think what, what happens with the military is they go to a place where they are seated in 60 dudes that all know they can get killed tomorrow. 60 guys and girls. They can all get killed tomorrow. So they create this really fucked, dark sense of humor, like just shit. And then when they go back to society. 
can't say that anymore, man. So now they're yeah, like, fuck your dead baby doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now they're like trying to figure out like, where's my sense of humor? Where, who am I? You know, so on and so forth. And they don't like integrate them. They just go drop them in and be like, Good luck. Wonder, these guys are just people. stopping parties and shit, and everybody's like, "All right, I'm out of here. Fucking see you later." Yeah, standing <laughs> yeah. by himself. What the fuck? Yeah. So I mean, that's it's, dude. This is so mo- mental health in general is it's so uh, multifaceted. It's just so multi level that you're like, what is happening right now? You know. You know. Yeah, it's crazy because it, statistically, I don't know the numbers. I've heard them over the years. It's it, but it's always changing. Uh, there's a there's a huge um, percentage of first responders that are military that are veterans. And yeah. Then, also, there's a huge percentage of first responders who went through some kind of personal trauma in their life, whether it be sexual mm-hmm. trauma, emotional trauma, mm-hmm. physical trauma, or traumatic exposure from you know horrible, horrific events. And you talk yeah. about that. I saw in one of your videos how you are connected to uh, suicide. You want to talk about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So my my I've actually had a few people in my life commit suicide, um, but the one that was closest was my my father's good friend and um this guy was you know normal typical guy he actually got on a a medication i can't i want to say it's paxil but i'm not sure if that's it or not but he got on an antidepressant medication that uh very quickly after uh this guy committed suicide it came out that this was actually raising people's uh suicidal ideations and stuff like that so but uh unfortunately killed himself in the shower and um you know, there was a huge rip to my father. My, my dad is his, like best friend. He's like, what are you doing? You could have come to me and talked to me. So just what, what really bothered me was watching his family. I mean, they are now, uh, you know, three very, very well-adjusted humans and have amazing jobs and like just three incredible people. Um, but for them to make it through that tragedy and still end up where they are was, was incredible. But I watched, I remember talking to, um, I remember talking to the uh, son and the son was like, yeah, my daddy was cleaning his gun and it went off. And it was like, uh, like, like, ah, man, like, how does that, how do you even process that? So um, it's just crazy, man. I, I know I've struggled with my own stuff and it wasn't until I struggled with my own yeah. stuff that I finally, I had a moment, dude. And I remember I was sitting on the edge of my bed and I was like, this is how it happens, bro. It's this fast. Like, you're just like, you make a decision. And that's it. You just, you just gave me chills because I, you know, I've been there too. And we talked about this on the phone the other day. I had a friend, one of my best friends, his father killed himself, but his, his father actually shot every member of the family before he did that. And I was 10 years old and these people that I went camping with. So that was exposed to that at early age too. And it's kind of, you think about, you're like, how do, how, what makes a man do that? And then you don't realize it later until you're in that position. You've been in that position and I've been in that position multiple times. And you sit there and you think, and this is scary because this is where I'm at in life right now. That's a, a weight that gets so heavy. You can't explain it and nobody else can explain it. And I talk about yeah. the coward myth, how when you hear people say only cowards commit suicide, I'm, I, I used to think that until I, I felt it. Yeah. And now I understand it. It's like, it has nothing to do with being a coward. It has to do everything to do with that weight. That's, that's dragging you down and you do not know how to let that weight go. And you just want to take yeah. a break. That's all it is. And that's all you, it is. And you're too man are too proud to go talk to somebody like, Hey, Jason, man, this is what I'm thinking. I'm having these horrible thoughts. I'd rather actually check out than come to you and ask for help. Cause what would Jason yeah. think about me if I did that? Yeah. And that's what people they're like, what would Jason think? And I tell people all the time, I'm like, 
you're like, I'm a humorous guy. I'm like high energy. I'm joking around all the time. And if no one, if I had not opened my mouth about any of this stuff, no one would have ever known. But, you know, you never know when you go to someone, you're like, yo, I've been struggling with this for a while. And the guy's like, yeah, me too, bro. But this is what I did to get through it. You know, again, I try to get what I try to truly get through to people. Um, you know, and there's a quote and I can't think of the name, but I can't think of how it goes right now, but essentially it's that some people's entire lives are predicated on making others feel shitty. And, you know, that is such a huge self-reflection. You know, when that person goes on Facebook and comments that really crappy negative thing, that's not a reflection on what my video was or someone's picture was. It's a self-reflection. Like you got to admit, you got to feel shitty because I don't feel good. You know, Um, and I think that's it, man. When people are unwilling to like, hey, we had a rookie uh, saw his first dead body the other day. Right. He, he, he needed to go in and see this because he needs to see it because it's going to be his career. But we're not forcing his hand in or anything. But, hey, you want to come in and see it? Yeah. Sees it okay. after. Look like, at it. Look yeah. At yeah. It. Smell it. Uh, <laughs> so but I'm like, you got to see it. So he sees it. And after I'm like, you good? And he's like, he's like, yeah, he goes, it was weird touching because, you know, he needed to check for a pulse. And I was he's like, it was weird touching them. And they were cold and stiff. And I was like, dude, 100 percent, you know, but. It's a, that's normal to feel that way. That like that's that is it, man. Just that's all it is. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's a normal thought process. Like, and that's you know? all it takes. Where back in the day, you wouldn't have even said that. It would have been straight to breaking balls. Yeah, that's it. Yep. We had a we yep. had a cop go in. To, we had this guy. That two dogs ate the man because he died in the apartment. He was in there for two weeks, and two dogs ate him. So we sent the rookie police officer in there, and we took back during Polaroids, right? Yeah. We didn't have to fucking go in there, but we're like, we got to do a 360 of the Polaroids and all that shit. Maggots were all over his dude. And he's taking, he's vomiting. And we're just like, ah, you fucking pussy. Uh, you can't even send dead body. And we're, we're saying this from the yard, mind you. And while he's in yeah. there, we're calling him. Yeah. Pussy. And, oh my God. but, in, but instead of like, hey, man, let's, let's go in there together. Let's work on this. You know, that's just how it was. It was just breaking balls. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's a difference between breaking balls and piling on. And yeah. You're right. Yeah. No, and I think that's it, man. It's like, for some reason, and I think that's, I think, I think it's, uh, I don't want to say generational, but I think it's, it's a, just something that we do in this field because I love breaking balls. I love it. It's a part of it, but yes. you also need to be like, yeah, it's just, I think it's one of the best parts of the job, the but you also part. need to be a competent human to understand where that line is and saying like, because again, you, at the beginning of someone's career, you, they, you're going to give them two choices. So if you, you know, call them a, a bitch for you know, the dead body that's, you know, half the body's missing because it was eating my dogs, which is totally fucked. Let's just start there. <laughs> like, you know, and this dude's like, yo, that was really messed up, you know, and you're like, you're right. That was messed up. Like, yeah. how, what are you thinking? Because now in his brain, he's created a little box that says that's normal. It's normal to think that is not normal. You know, that's, that's, right. that's messed up. Or you're like, this is what we do for a living period you either accept that shit or you move on now they're like okay i gotta shove this down and drown it out with a little bit of vodka and they create a, a, yeah. a, a whole different thing so you make the choice that's exactly what you said so in and the reason i was like that i killed a guy on duty one night right i don't say that pridefully it's fucking one of the yeah. worst things that's ever happened to me and uh what happened afterwards was a reflection of the culture that i grew up in when i when i came yeah. back into the house Nobody, uh, nobody pulled me aside and said, Hey bro, you good? Like you want to talk? The first thing he did is they started piling on that wasn't busting balls. They started piling on. 
they started making fun of me. Here I am, 22 mm-hmm. years old. I just killed a guy as a fireman. I'm a fireman. I, we don't do that. You know what I mean? But yeah, I won't get into it. But the long story, you know, it, or I mean, the short story is I killed a guy. Everything I did on this scene led to his death. And as a fireman, we, we show up to help people, not to hurt them. And yeah. the mistakes that I made caused that man his life. And I can never get that back. So in doing so, when firefighters pile on, I got two choices. I can press the fuck on and bury it. Let them know it bothers me. And when I do that, what do you think happens? They yeah. eat you alive. No, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So I had to suppress that for many years and, and more of that shit came, but that's, that's yeah. why when I speak now, I talk about changing that culture. There's nothing wrong with having a little fun with a guy, but God damn, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. As if like this job isn't hard enough. I like to talk about um, and bring this up and I don't know if you want to expand on this or anything, but the job is hard enough. Right. And we bring our problems from home to the job, our, our problems from the job home. And I like to talk about parenting with post-traumatic stress after the diagnosis. Once you know you're pretty fucked up and you have some problems parenting and being in a relationship with post-traumatic stress and all the symptoms associated with it, it's a very difficult thing. Oh yeah. Like when you were, I remember watching your video and you were talking about, you were a father um, reflecting on what, uh, what it must be like for those kids. Mm. Right. But I've been in that situation where I've had those horrible, horrible thoughts and, and, and I have children and I have to make everybody here happy. I'm married. I, how do I take care of my family? You know, and, and we suck at communication. Mm-hmm. We're horrible communicators. Yeah. You want to expand on any of that? No, I, I think, well, I think it's, I think it's, there's a lot of levels to that. One of them is, you know, you, you feel like you need to be strong for your spouse, you know, to give them a strong place. You don't, you know, again, the, that's the whole man thing. Like I got to be the strongest one in there. What if, what if I express my feelings? My wife thinks I'm a bitch. And, you know, <laughs> I tell you, like, this is the thought process guys have. If I express my feelings, my wife's going to think I'm a bitch. She's going to go find a stronger man emotionally, have sex with him. Like, that's like the way guys, uh, minds go at least. So, a guy um, with a beard. But, yeah, a guy with a beard, you know, like in a hot, in a hot attic. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, no, and then like, and you don't want your children to, to perceive you as a weak person because you need to be the strong, you know, father figure, all that fun stuff. But, you know, what I found is that the strongest people that I've ever met in my life, and I mean, from, from as young as I can remember to now are people that are willing to express the gamut of their emotions. They're willing yeah. to express extreme happiness, extreme anger, sadness, say when they're the big V word vulnerable, like, dude, I'm just, I'm having a shitty day. I love that man because a person that is willing to express themselves at their shittiest is a truthful human that is willing to express everything else, right? You can trust things that are coming out of their mouth. Um, so, you know, as, as, as a father, if, um, as, as a, as a dad or as a you know, spouse, you know, whatever, if you're willing to express what's going on, it does nothing but make your, your, uh, relationship stronger. Cause just like we said, um, if I knew that you had already been through something and I was willing to come to you and be like, yo, man, I'm going on with like, this is what's going on. So I open up, you open up. I mean, those are two openings that come together. And now we, we make a stronger relationship between us as friends. I mean, imagine what that does with your spouse. You go to your spouse, like, yo, I'm having a bad day. And she opens up, you open up. And now you guys form a stronger thing versus I got to be tough. She's now like, you're no, crying no, no. together during sex. It's great. Yeah. Now you're crying during sex. 
she's trying to figure out, is it me? And you're like, no, it's me. And then, you know, now you're divorced. Congratulations. So I did the tough guy thing. Right. And, and I know a lot of, and the reason I speak openly about this is, is because I know that it helps because when I do speak about it, I hear back from people and I, I went about it the wrong way and I'm trying to prevent other people from doing that. I was going through all the shit I was going through and before I got married and I actually drug all of that into my Mm. marriage. I buried it. I hid it. I locked it away. She didn't sign up for this. And then when my kids were born, they didn't sign up for this. And I wasn't the best father, the best husband, you know, that I could be. And, And I have a lot of regrets about that. I can't do anything about it. But what I did learn is once I said, you know what? I'm still a man. I'm still a very strong, competent man. I can talk about what I'm going through. And it's not going to change the fact that I'm still a strong, competent man. You know what it did? No. It made me fucking stronger. Oh, yeah. And I'm a better father and better husband for it. And that's why oh, yeah. I urge these gentlemen, these ladies in our profession that go through this, like, hey, put your bullshit pride to the side. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Pride kills. No. That's all it does. And open up and communicate. And you'd be surprised at the, the, the change in the relationships you can have with human beings. Dude, 100%. Because... Bro, people only want to express things that they're comfortable with. Again, extreme anger, extreme happiness, right? They're like extremely angry at this guy. Then they punch him in the face. Now they're extremely happy. Like, like, it's like, you know, they're only comfortable with those things. Yeah. But not everything in between, bro. The normal emotions that you go through, accepting normal thought processes is the best thing in the world. Look at people that are the most miserable. And you can just tell, you're like, bro, what's going on, man? They're fighting the shit that's in them. Like, I can't, I gotta be happy all the time. And then they fucking kill somebody. Like, you know, it's like, and you're right, man. The number one complaint that I hear from spouses when they're, um, because I work with Banyan Treatment Centers, the number one thing that I hear from the wives and husbands of the people coming in is they won't talk to me. And I'm like, and I go to the wife or husband, I'm like, why aren't you talking to them? I don't want to put that on them. If I put it on them, bro, well, like, what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing. They're going to say <laughs> nothing. They're going to go, holy shit. Thank you for talking to me about that. You guys are going to talk, cry, probably have sex, and then it's going to be great. Like, you know, like <laughs> all the good things. Now I understand why you're the way you are. <laughs> I talk about, I, I don't want to get into it, but I, I talk, I say, we're our own enemy. What we do is we try to protect them from not communicating. And all we do inevitably as we drive a fucking wedge into our own relationship, we have the wedge and we're fucking hammered in there because I'm trying to protect you from this bullshit. You know, a hundred percent. Like you are, you, all you're protecting them from is a solid relationship with you. Is your vulnerability. You know? and, yeah. 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 That's it. And I, I tell people just, just give them the option. <clears throat> I can talk to my fiance about anything she doesn't care like she's good with everything i can't show her pictures she don't want to show her oh, pictures but, picture. yeah. you shit yourself, but, Jason. yeah not that i'm taking pictures on scenes or anything but like you know you go on like savage paramedics and they got like hands missing i'm like look and she's like eh. so um but Ready for dinner? Give them, yeah <laughs> but give them the option hey babe uh you know either way guy or girl you know hey babe um I want to be able to talk to you about the stuff that goes on at work. Like, and she's like, cool. Talk to me about everything or <clears throat> talk to me about everything except for dead kids. I can't deal with dead kids. Perfect. You know, like my, I haven't told her this, but uh, we made, I made the joke about fire, uh, the fireworks stuff. We had a guy uh, on 4th of July bought a commercial mortar and didn't know it was a commercial mortar. That's already sounds yeah. Bad, 
bro, he leaned over to check it because it didn't go off. No, I mean, no. they it looked like he swallowed a grenade, and I mean, he was de- completely decapitated in front of his entire family. Like, what the I tell you, death is not the worst thing I've ever seen. I've seen people cut in half. You know, we, I've seen tons of people shot dead. People run over their their foreheads, touching their belly buttons. Like that never bothers me. It's like that's messed up. My brain is not processing that right now. It's human suffering. It's yes. the family members. It's everyone around because you immediately emotionally connect with them because they're vulnerable in that moment. And you're like, I want to fix this. So, like it's insanity. That's what always bothered me. It wasn't so much the scenes. It's like when you're on scene and family's on scene and they're losing their shit and you're just inside, you're dying with them. You're like, yeah, fuck, you know, how do I hold this shit together? Yes. Yes. I worked at cardiac arrest, one of my first cardiac arrests and the guy died. It was unfortunate. He was an older gentleman, but I walked out to the family and I was like, "I'm, I'm really sorry for your loss. And they lost their shit on me. They were like, fuck you, you killed them. And I'm like, and that was it. I just walked out. So like, you know, I, I, I wasn't mad at them. They were suffering in the moment, you know, but you know, I wanted to just make them feel better, like whatever I could do in the moment. So, um, it was, it, it's human suffering, I think, because as humans, we want to make other people feel better. You know, I agree hundred percent, man. And I, I just urge these folks to, to talk about some of the things you don't have to give away the gory details. You don't have to do that. But so I fucked up, I fucked up a, a perfectly good day. I use a scenario in my class that I teach. Right. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier. My wife walked outside. We were having a fine day, but I was grilling chicken and the chicken was stuck on the grill and I was mad. And, and she could tell like something was wrong. She's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, nothing. And I just kept, cause I'm, have, I'm, I'm, I'm in a different place Yeah, I'm trying to get this chicken off the grill. And she's like, what I do now. See, so she immediately associated that with something she did wrong and she didn't do anything. And I, and of course I flip out. And I, I didn't use the right tone. I was like, you didn't do anything. Just go. And she went. But what I was thinking about was um, I was on a body recovery team of Charleston nine and Lewis Mulkey was one of my best friends on the job. And when I was grilling that chicken, I was thinking about his face sticking to the grill. Like, and that's, those are the thoughts I'm having. And I'm like, how do you convey those thoughts yeah. to your loved ones? So what I should have done is you don't have to say that and just say, Hey, you know, I'm having a bad day. Like this reminds me of a, of a scene I was on. That's all I could have done. And it would have taken that load off her because the rest of our night was fucked up because I wouldn't go in there and be like, Hey, look, I'm sorry. I was in a bet, you know, but what's wrong with doing that? Yeah. It's hard, man. Yeah. It's hard. Cause I, cause again, it's not a, this isn't something that, that we teach ourselves. You Mm. know, my daughter is the best example of this. She's five years old. If she can't get two Legos together, she's like, fuck. These Legos. I mean, she doesn't say that, but uh, you know, she's like these freaking Legos, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, wow, all right. I'd love to see her walk by and just throw them right now. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, she when she's sad, when she scrapes her knees, she's sad. When she hurts herself, she's sad, or she expresses her feelings, and it's and she will do that until society tells her, like, no, you can't do that. You got to push that stuff down. Like, so that's what happens is that we're told that we don't have a choice. Look. Should you be crying on scenes? No, you should not be crying on scenes. Like, <laughs> Everybody's like, showing up just crying. <laughs> yeah, just, no, you know, <laughs> his leg's broken. Why are you crying? You know, like, like it's, he's not like, going to make it. He's going to make it. Stop crying. Uh, so, um, you know, we shouldn't be crying on scenes, but we should be okay with like expressing emotions later. Like that, that's what should be happening. But uh, it's uh, humans in general, for some reason, it is either 
all or none. Like moderation is something we can't find. Uh, there's another quote that at, at the end of my thing I talk about. It's uh, you will find excess in moderation. And I think it's amazing. It's the best quote in the world because it's the truth. You'll find excess health by moderating your, your uh, eating habits. You know, you'll find excess health by moderate, having moderate exercising. Like, like all of this stuff, like if you just find a 50% in life, dude, you'll be the happiest you've ever been. Hardest thing in the world for me is find balance in anything. And I think all or nothing. Yeah. Well, it's because that's the way people say shit. It's like, are you dedicated or not? Like yeah. to what? Like, what am I dedicated to? I'll be the pussy and do a thousand push-ups. Like yeah. 900 ain't good enough. Like, come on. No. no. Listen, if you don't have rhabdo, then you're not putting it <laughs> in. Like, all right. Psycho yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Well, bro, I I think we I think we covered all the points in that mental health, man. It's like I don't want to like run it into the ground. I I gotta talk to you about Fire Department Chronicles. <laughs> Everybody does. It's a beautiful thing. I've been watching it for a long time, dude. I, we I, before I knew who you were, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He is way too heavy. <laughs> so then I started googling a long time ago, and it was funny is when you start googling Fire Department Chronicles, one of the first thing that pops up is the Fire Department Chronicles guy real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you ever googled yeah. it dude it's fucking hilarious uh, and then it shows your name and it's like is he real it's like all these people are trying to figure this shit out but dude it's the best because you hit it on the head i mean you can tell you. that everything you put into it, it it's just spot on dude not and, and i can't tip my hat enough to you man how did you how did you get that started what made what gave you the idea to start getting going and and like what gave I you the motivation I to continue it was, you know, pretty much the same stuff that everyone else does. Um, the only difference is, is I didn't put my department in it immediately. You know, I like, you'll never see my department in any of the videos or anything like that. Uh, but it was just same stuff that a lot of guys do. We were messing around the station. Everyone was, you know, we uh, originally started with uh, Fire Department Chronicles. Or, I'm sorry, uh, National Geographic's Fire Department Edition, uh, which was fun. And then I got a cease and desist letter from them. And stop doing that. But they, uh, they were actually really cool about the whole thing. But um, but we started filming the videos and hunting for the battalion chief was the first one. And, you know, the bigger their belly, the more gnarly they are kind of thing. And then um, the one that kind of like like notched it up. Where I was like, oh, people like this was uh, we were hunting for the paramedic uh, via their natural mating call, which was bitching. And, um, that right. was like, loved it, man. Like, everyone was like, this is awesome. So we, um, like got a bunch of shares on that. It was just super cool, dude. And then it's just evolved to now a YouTube channel and TikToks and all the fun stuff. So it's, it's just been very cool. It's amazing, dude. And I can imagine like, so with me, my stand-up career was very therapeutic for me because laughter is the yeah. best medicine. And I can imagine how therapeutic making these videos must be for you. Granted, it must be a pain in the ass sometimes, but I can imagine <laughs> so how, how fulfilling that must be making those videos. And so many people yeah. that you're speaking our language, the first responders language, and you got to speak into a direct audience, right? Oh, yeah. And they're just oh, fucking yeah. eating it up. That's, that's amazing, dude. Like I, I, my decompression is comedy. Then it was the gym yep. and, but now like I'm older now and I got national geographic titties. Right. <laughs> and, and so, and now it's my farm. So I'm like an old man. Is that part of your decompression? Like is, is making your videos and like, what else oh, do yeah. you do? Yeah. I, I mean, I got that. I, I do the yeah, videos. I love making them, writing scripts and stuff like that. I love, um, and just seeing the stuff, you know, from start to finish coming together. Um, but, um, Jim dude, love it. I got a, a gym in my garage now. I, I love doing that. And then 
honestly, man, just doing stuff like this, dude. I love podcasts. I love talking to people. I love, I just, just in general, being around my brothers and sisters. And the best part is, is that I'm still in the job. So I get that, that cool 24 hours on shift with my boys and we hang out and laugh. I mean, I never laughed harder than sitting around the dinner, the dinner room table, you know, just everyone busting each other's balls, talking about calls, talking about dudes that freaked out. Like, like you'll never laugh harder in, in those moments, man. I love it. You can't beat it. And that's it. That's that, that's that environment. Like, you know, the thing I like about firemen, I don't know any of the dudes you work with, but I could meet yeah. them next week on vacation somewhere and we yep. could start a conversation. And I feel like I've fucking known them forever. hundred percent everywhere we get to travel. And you can't explain yep. that to people that are not in our profession. They don't get it. No. And no. I love it. So I always say like people like us, we always stick together. And like, I don't hang around a lot of bankers, lawyers, and doctors and shit. One, because I'm just too trashy. Two, <laughs> firefighters, cops, and military are my people, man. We talk a different language. Yeah. And if you don't yeah. understand that language, it's kind of like, there's no point in having a conversation because it's a showstopper. Yep. A hundred percent, man. And that's, and I've said that from day one is it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what country you're in. I get comments all the time in different languages and hit the little Google translate. And it's like, it's the same here. Like they all like, same here. It, it just, yeah, we're it talking about balls matter. over here too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yo, farts are funny here in Germany. Like I bet. <laughs> so, like it's, uh, it's incredible, man. It's, it's the, it's the greatest thing in the world. The brotherhood is, is tight. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, brothers and both sisters, you know, all that fun stuff, dude. I, you know, I think, uh, anyone who has a problem with females in the fire service is they're, they're antiquated. That's back, you know, like, women i all the women that i've hired that we've hired in my department man they're just as strong and and uh educated as i am so i think it's awesome man it's i have an stuff. episode on the podcast it's just uh female first responders in the business and i talk about that and how wonderful it is having them and that old school mentality when i when i first started it wasn't like that at all and i look yeah. back on you know the way that i was brought up and i was like shit that was just wrong you know because yeah. i've been on calls where Man, if you didn't have a female, I don't know how we would have done this because their communication yeah. is fucking money. They the <laughs> way that they're able to, to communicate to people because we're like cavemen sometimes. Yeah, and I, especially <laughs> when I was a cop, these women they would de-escalate situations where it would have uh, went bad if I would have just opened my mouth doing anything. Yeah, so, I mean, I tip yeah, my hat to them. A hundred percent, man. And and like the girls that I've worked with are the same as the guys. They walk in, same jokes. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be respectful to a point, uh, just cause you don't want to be a piece of shit. Um, but I mean, it's like, they'll, they'll joke along with it the same way. I, I, I love it, man. I, I've, I've some of my, some of my favorite coworkers are females. So it's awesome to me. I always like when the females would come in and you, you don't know them yet. So everybody's just kind of quiet and they're kind of like, all right, yeah. Be like, and you're just kind of like waiting. Cause we're a bunch of fucking animals and it's like, all right. What? Yeah. And then she comes in and just does one of the biggest gnarliest, just something, whatever it is. And it's like, all right, we're good. We're yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, like walks in, what's up, bitches? Like, nah, yeah. what's up? Comes in, cuts a big old fart or something. I've seen that oh, happen. Yeah. Just like, all right, good. All right, know where, know where we stand. Here we go. Yeah, I love it, man. It's amazing. It's always good stuff. So, in my research, I found out you're you're a um, you're addicted to escape rooms. Mm, dude, I mean, That's my fiance and I, yeah, it's, I love, bro. We love it. It's just I've never like. Done it. Dude, I tell you, like, if you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, you're not. They're fun no matter what. But if you go to, like, a good escape room that's been built well, like, <clears throat> not something that, like, Jim built in his basement, you know, <laughs> like, you're, you're literally trying to escape and not get, get killed. Um, so, 
you know, like <laughs> this is my swinger found... studio. Like, come on yeah. in. <laughs> yes, you have to escape, uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. So, uh, <laughs> so no, we um, we love it, dude. We, everywhere we travel, we'll do a couple when we travel. Um, and we've found some of the legitimate most fun places you can you can go to, man. So it's it's just a blast. As soon as really I saw is. that, I was like, man, because I've seen some when I traveled, and I was like, I'm not doing that dumb shit. But now I kind of want to do it. Um, it's fun. Then I started thinking about this whole uh, PTSD thing or post-traumatic stress because people get now if you put the D on it, people are like, no, there's no fucking D. There's uh, fucking D. <laughs> like so, but now I'm like, you know what? I've been living in an escape room with my diagnosis for like 12, yeah. 13 years. And it's crazy. Yeah. And I was like, so it would be nice to actually go to a real one and get to escape this escape room. <laughs> yeah, it's a blast, bro. Because if you go in there with like, uh, we like to do just both of us, but you go in there with like four people that that just enjoy the processes. It's it's a blast, man. Because you want to talk about the ultimate satisfaction. Like you get to figure out puzzles and solve them and get to another place. And if you get out of this, man, like it, that thing, that's what it is. It's a rush, dude. It's just this huge rush that like you solved all these puzzles and made it out of this room. And you're like, this is amazing. So it, it's, it's a blast, man. Is it like the saw? Like, do you, do you get like shackled to the wall and all that? And you ever feel like you're going to die? Yeah. And then they, they stab you after you one, get, like, get a couple prison pokes. Yeah. <laughs> don't fuck Jesus. around in escape rooms in Japan. Uh, uh, yeah, I won't be. There's actually so uh, I talked to a friend or, or someone we met who had done them in Europe, and they yeah. said the ones in Europe and other countries are different. Like here, it's a safe place. Like you can leave at any time if you don't like something's happening. Like there in these certain areas, it's like you're locked in. You don't leave until you figure it out. It's like I hope you got snacks. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> so, end up wow. in hostel real fast. Yeah, I want to check that out, man. I want to. So back it. on the fire department chronicles, I didn't mean to get sidelined, man. How do you prepare for that? Does sometimes I, I know that sometimes you need to write a script or you really put mm -hmm. some thought, but sometimes I'm sure things just come to you. And do you have your gear on hand to where, hey, if we need to film something, we need to we need to go ahead and get this while it's hot. Ninety percent of my stuff is on my phone. Um, it's I'd say lately I've gotten more towards like higher production microphones and stuff like that. Just because <clears throat> when I film certain things, it's gotta it's got it's gotta you know look good, especially like the reaction videos and stuff. They all have to be mic'd up appropriately. So um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's most of the time it's just my phone. So uh, and and I mean. TikTok has been a blessing for me for just being able to put random content out and see how yeah. it does. Um, so that's been a blast. So, well, how do you, did you, are you self-taught with all the technology stuff? Yeah. I, how, I, how much of a pain I, in the ass was that? I can't even edit a photo. <laughs> it's been fun. I mean, my brother, uh, my brother Colby, he's been instrumental in just teaching me certain things. Um, like if I get stuck, I can call him. He'll help me. Or um, my buddy Bryce, he owns a film company. He he's been uh, good as well. But man, most of the stuff, it's it's Googling or Yahoo or I'm sorry, um, YouTube stuff like that. Just trying to figure it out as I go. Yahoo in it. Well, Yahoo. Yeah, is. Yahoo in it. Yeah, didn't hear it. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, man, but I think I know the answer to it because you you seem to be on a lot. Like this is mm -hmm. this is who you are. It's not a fucking character. Because I'm gonna tell you what I get, and I don't know if you get this a lot when you meet people. Are they expecting you to be that guy? Because when people find out I'm a stand-up comedian, first thing they want, they're like, "Tell me a joke." I hate that. And I'm like, "It tell doesn't fucking joke. work like that." I'm like, "What do you do for a living?" They're like, "I sell insurance." I'm like, "Give me a fucking policy." 
<laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's like, exactly. Like, do you do you get that a lot? Um, I this is who I am. Like I'm like you said. I'm just constantly like I. The only difference between me on camera and me in person is my jokes tend to be a little more crude, uh, just because yes. that's what I find. You know, I like fart jokes in person are funnier. You know, like you know Put that the kind camera of down. I'll tell you a better one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I know what firefighters find funny, firefighters, first responders, all this stuff. So, um, no, this is me all the time, dude. I, I, I love talking to people. Like, I just think it's getting to know people is probably one of the best parts of all this stuff. Um, even though every firefighter conversation I ever have always goes the same way. Hey, how are you? Uh, cool. Where do you work? Awesome. What's your schedule? Uh, it's 40, blah, blah, blah. What's your pension look like? Oh, this is what I got. All right, cool. And then <laughs> move on to something else. Like, it's always like that just firefighters for some reason. That's what we talk that, about every single that's time. It. So, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I don't, I don't like the name drop, but I have to just for this, um, scenario. So Danny McBride, are you, you know, who Danny McBride is? <sighs> Sounds familiar. So he's the guy from Eastbound and down. Okay. All right. And yep. uh, vice principals and all that. So he lives in Charleston. He works out at the gym or used to at the gym that I go to. And I'd see him in there. And I, I always leave people alone, but I would always see it happen to him. Somebody would, would rec recognize him and walk up and go, Kenny fucking powers. <laughs> and cause that goes on in the show and you can tell it was annoying to him, but he was always such a, like a gentleman about it. He's like, How's it going, man? Like, and I, I know that I had to bother him. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I, I think what happens because people will say, like, you know, if I go to FDIC, you know, I, I'm a good a good amount of people know the show and stuff and everything. So, you know, I, I take a bunch of pictures and and stuff like that. And people are like, does it ever get annoying? I'm like, no, Love it people. never gets annoying, bro. Because you know what? One day it's not going to exist. Like one day. One day I'll no longer be relevant. And and right. and I will look back and go, man, that was a lot of fun. So, and I think people that's, I, I get it. Like if it's one thing all the time, then I would imagine it gets a, a, a little annoying, that kind of thing. Um, but nah, man, I love it, bro. I think it's amazing. I, I'm blessed, bro, that anyone even gives a shit about what I'm doing. So it's awesome. You said it, man. You have variety, right? So people could come up and joke with you about all kinds of stuff. Could you imagine being yeah. JJ Walker and just having dynamite? <laughs> yeah, I work Dude. with him on the road and that's what people would come up and they'd be like dynamite and he's like fuck with this already you know what but dude like then then find something else like, that's that's what I'm like yeah that's what's cool man because people come up to me and they'll be like dude that wildland video amazing bro i'll be like thanks man and then another guy would be like dude the narcan video was awesome i appreciate it so you you, you find variety and you know i i joke um I only for besides this podcast, this was the other podcast I wanted to be on. Um, the only other podcast that I want to like be on one day is uh, Joe Rogan. If I ever make it on Joe Rogan, I know I made it. That's 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 the one. That I, I think you're well so. on your way, man. I think you're. Well, I think you'll be there you. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, so. you just you ju you were just mentioning episodes, and I have two written down that I absolutely love, man. One is the um, the worst thing you've ever seen video. Because mm. I talk about that in my podcast. I talk about people wanting to live vicariously through us because they don't want to do the shit we do and see the shit we see, but they want to know about it. And it's fucking yeah. annoying. And, and <laughs> you're just like, I don't know how to put goddamn uh, shit. I'm, I'm dropping a ball. Um, talk about on the shoulders. Um, yeah. Tourniquet. yeah. I don't know. I can't yeah. put the tourniquet. He doesn't have an arm. Yeah. I on and I was yeah. dying laughing at that because it was just, it's it hits the nail on the head. I get that all the time. Yeah. What's the worst thing you've ever seen? And I just want to be like, fuck, I need to punch you. Yeah, because <laughs> you know what I think it is—it's innocence and yeah. people trying to find common ground. 
So it's exactly what it is. They don't know what to ask you. Like, what do you do for a living? You're a firefighter? Oh, cool. Like, what's the next educated, what's the next question there in the firefighter realm? Like, what's the biggest fire you've had? Like, yeah, yeah. like, what's the worst thing you've seen? Yeah, like, you know what's coming. So um, I I take it as innocence. I just joke with people about it. And that's, um, people say that all the time. They're like, don't ask me because I don't want to relive it. I'm like, dude, I get it. Because some people have seen shit well beyond what they should have seen you know yeah so i i get it man and the, the other one that i saw was, you actually put this one up recently was the fake firefighters on facebook mm, bro that bro. that was real that was that people did that like they I, I was that. i was like stolen valor of fire i didn't know there was stolen valor in a fire department i was like that's it i <laughs> fucking lou on door bro I mean, I like was watching that going, why? I'm about to put another one up. I, I just got to finish the editing of it. Um, there is, it, it looks like, it looks like a town, like a, a country. It's a, it's in a different country, but it looks like they're doing a demonstration to show like their firefighting force. And it's cool. I love what they're doing. They're showing local town folks. But <laughs> they, I don't think they prepared appropriately because what they set on fire was 100% hay. And when they set it on fire, this thing is up and destroyed before they even de- deploy the hose. And I mean, like, I'm like, shit. <laughs> and the title of it was, the title of it was um, a demonstration to quickly and efficiently extinguish a fire. I'm like, that is, it was Oh, bro, it's so good because literally by the time they're spraying water, it is just a frame. It's just a frame, and they're just. Oh, I can't wait to see it. When are you putting so that one out? Hopefully, in the next couple of days. Yeah, that's great. There you go. Yeah, but yeah. when I saw the fake firefighters, and it looked like he was wearing skinny, skinny jean bunker gear. Oh my god! With a big like, hole in the crotch, like I, just... the axe, just everything about it. If you're listening to this podcast or watching, if you haven't seen fake firefighters, you got to check it out. It'll have you rolling. Oh, this door is so flimsy. Like, why didn't he just stick his hand through and unlock it? You know, well, or I kick it what... off the hinges because it's 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 this thin. I know. It, it, I know what happened. It's a through. It's it's Facebook, and they're trying. Uh, Facebook won't allow you to um, get any advertising dollars unless the video is over three minutes. So if you look at the video, is three minutes and one second. So they got to knock drag the door out. down. Yeah, drag it out. That dude is the guy. I couldn't even point out. There's just so much ridiculousness going on. But the guy runs around the corner and screams down the hallway. Doors that way. <laughs> it was just so. He was taking you know? a break by the door. Oh my god! This is great. Yeah, that's right. He like knelt and then got back up and came back around. I was <laughs> they like, were both company officers. They had no crew. They were just both officers. <laughs> just two officers hanging Too many out. Chiefs, not enough Indians, baby. Yeah, it was so bad, so bad, dude. Yeah. All right, before we go, man, I gotta hit this fire department coffee. It's on your shirt. It's on your jacket. I love yes, the. Uh, I saw something about the anti-murder button. Yes. Turn yes. the coffee pot on and you said the stronger it tastes, the better it is. And that made me laugh oh, yeah. because my coffee literally like at a firehouse, I would put almost the whole can in there and just put in the water yeah. portion. I would just put proby tears. Right. Yes. And then it's just like <laughs> that, that, that much, that much tears. I'm just like drinking uh, like fucking diesel fuel. That's the way it should be. We had a proby this morning, make coffee and like, it was so thin. And I was like, no, so no. disappointed in you. No, You're not going to have a good career that. here. 
<laughs> no, um, yeah, the Fire Department Coffee we established in 2016, man. It's been really fun. Myself, Luke Schneider, the CEO, active, we're both active duty firefighters as well as our chief operating officer, all that fun stuff. We're based up in Rockford, Illinois. 10% of all of our net proceeds go back to helping sick and injured first responders. So find guys and girls that need help, man, especially with the mental health thing. We what we're what we're doing is benevolent funds or anyone can reach out and ask for funds. We choose two people per month especially with benevolent funds we reach we because we love the benevolent funds are normally the best people that know who's hurting the most within their crews so you know if a guy needs a flight down to florida to go to a mental health facility then they'll pay for it you know we give them cash they pay for it and we're good to go so it's it's a blast man but uh if you go on firedepartmentcoffee.com if you use fr15 you get 15 percent off there that's awesome, man. That's good work yeah. that you guys are doing, man. I'm gonna have to appreciate you, it. And you're and you're gonna have a booth at Indy, right? You're gonna have some coffee yeah, with you. Yeah, FDIC will be up there. We're gonna have full booth. We're gonna have full crew. We're giving it away nitro samples, so we're gonna have some some good nitro. Uh, it's Everybody's gonna be, gonna be awesome. hopped up. Oh yeah, it's gonna be jacked up. Come say what's up. We're giving away free stickers and all this fun stuff too. So stop by. Well, dude, you know what I like about you, man? It's like you don't just talk about it; you are about it, and you're also a mental health advocate with Banyan um, Treatment yeah, Centers, correct? You want to talk about yes, that sir. for a little bit? Yeah, no. So banning treatment centers, man, I, I I would, with the videos, people would reach out. They'd say like, yo, this really helps me with my mental health. I'm like, that's awesome. And then they would say, you know, I can laugh, but hey, I need to go somewhere. Like, where can I go? And I'm like, I don't know where you can go and get good treatment because everyone kind of comes out and they're like, we help first responders and they don't really do anything. So um, I, I started working with banning treatment centers. And what we did is we, we found treatment modalities that work specifically for first responders. But what I loved about them was that when you walk in, they're not like, you're a first responder. Immediately first responder track. That's all. What, what was your worst call? Like, why, why are you like this? Was it because of a call? They look at the whole picture because a lot of people create their you know, PTSD or their PTS um, or, you know, any of their major issues prior to even becoming a first responder. So they, they dig from the bottom and then come up. Uh, but the best part about it is that Banyan is huge, 14 facilities across the United States and the team, the network that I have, if you don't want to go to Banyan, then I can find you a place that, that you like better. So, um, you know, which Banyan's incredible, but sometimes they want to go to another state that we're not in so I can help them find that. So just here for everything. Man, that's, that's phenomenal, dude. And it's like the, the outreach that you get, man. Cause every once in a while I get, I get messages and people just don't, they just don't know. Yeah. They don't know what's available. And there's actually a ton of shit and ton of resources out there available yeah. to these men and women, but they have no clue. Yep. And so that's, it's all about spreading the word, man, and getting it out there. So thank you for doing that too. And, uh, thank you, bro. So we'll be seeing each other at FDIC, man. Are there any other plugs that you want to put out there that you, you know, no, man. Yeah, just FDIC will be there uh, through the whole week. Come check it out. If you ever need help with mental health, you can reach out to me on my uh, any DM me on any of the places or uh, call 888-926-4174. That's 888-926-4174. And I can help you that way as well. So appreciate it, man. What other uh, I got two more things. You got any upcoming projects you're working on that you're not telling anybody about or you'd like to? Uh, we got, uh, I got a couple things, man. I'm, I'm shooting uh, a video for the CDC for about community paramedicine tomorrow. That's going to be fun. We're going to be talking about helping people. Um, I'm getting ready to film a docu-series with um, a team out of New York. Guy used to be a New York firefighter. It's going to be fun. I'm going to show the background of what it's like being a firefighter. And then I am working on a full-fledged game show that is going to be fun for everyone to watch. So it's going to be good. You're, you're a busy man, Jason. I love it. Dude. <laughs> Appreciate it, dude. That's great, man. It keeps you out of trouble, man, too. 
Yeah, keep, it's exactly. I, keeps that <laughs> darkness out too. I tell people, I'm like, find a hobby, find something to do. Yes. Keep your mind yes. preoccupied. Last but not exactly. least, man. Um, I, you know, I don't like when I get this question cause it's kind of on the spot and, and I mean, you can take it in so many different directions, but how about any advice for the youngsters that are listening that want to come into this career and those that are transitioning out of this career, what, what do you have any, you have any advice for them? It actually goes both ways, man, for both those people. Find balance, dude. Find find something outside of being a firefighter, right? Like it, firefighter, paramedics, police officers, military, everything, man. Like when we do this, this is who we are, period, right? We get into it. Uh, everything about us is, is seated in who we are because we want to save lives. But eventually, you will have to do something else. Uh, number one reason, or, or one of the biggest reasons why firefighters and first responders kill themselves is retirement. Um, so find something different, man. Like, you know, become a golf a golfing person like you know uh, the gym can only hurt to help so much but find something outside of what you're doing here find balance so when you do have to leave at some point in time then you will be a fully fledged human and not just a first responder i tell folks that all the time man and it, it, you couldn't have been more accurate don't let this mm -hmm. job define you there's life outside of this yeah. job and yeah. you know, unfortunately for me my career ended because of the injury and i didn't know what to do i didn't see it coming it just bam lights out you're off the yeah. job now and it's like well what do i do now and that yeah. was one of the biggest struggles of my life was trying to find that purpose again. So you, man, you hit the nail on the head. You start committing Thanks, your brother. life to something outside of just this job. And you'll be, you'll be well on your way. Oh yeah. Jason Patton, yeah. fire department chronicles, fire department coffee. You guys check him out. Um, dude, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Um, Appreciate it, brother. looking forward to, sh to shaking hands, seeing you up at FDIC and sharing some laughs, brother. Hell yeah, man. Looking forward to it, brother. All right, my man. Take care. All right. You too.